Hey guys, welcome to the Cannabis Update Podcast. We give leaders and organizations an opportunity to tell their stories and share information. All right, before we begin today, I want to give a quick shout out to Apollo Cannabis Clinics for sponsoring this podcast. Now, if you're listening to this podcast and you're curious about using medical cannabis, Apollo Cannabis might be just right for you. Now, let's be honest, it's not always obvious who you should talk to or even where you should go if you've never looked into medical cannabis before. So this is exactly what Apollo Cannabis Clinics can do for you. They help you begin that journey with personalized and evidence-based treatment, then provide you with ongoing care every step of the way. To find out more, check them out at apollocannabis.ca and speak to one of their qualified physicians. Again, that's apollocannabis.ca. Okay, today's story is nothing short of inspiring. Can you imagine being told that you have terminal brain cancer? Well, that's a fact that Sherry Ann Baker has had to live with, and living is exactly what she's decided to do. Sherry Ann tells her story from the beginning, how it happened, and of course, where she is today. Sherry Ann believes that cannabis oil, and more specifically, Rick Simpson oil, is keeping her cancer at bay. Sherry Ann's story is inspiring and truly a testament to the potential healing powers of cannabis. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, Sherry Ann. Thank you for having me. All right. Um, well, there's a specific reason why we have you on the podcast. Um, I discovered you, I think, on Twitter, and you have quite the story that we'll get you to explain in a moment. Um, can you start off by just maybe telling us uh, who you are? Um, I'm Canadian. Um, I live in Lethbridge, Alberta. I am living with terminal brain cancer at the moment. Um, let's say I'm a very positive person. Mm -hmm. A lot of people will ask me how I can be so positive having terminal cancer, but I guess the, the answer to that is I feel really good. I kind of took uh, matters into my own hands when I discovered that I had brain cancer and finding out that I had only five to ten years to live when I was 47 years old when okay. I was um, diagnosed um, wasn't a very good um, answer for me. So I, and, and knowing that I had to do or they wanted me to do um, radiation and chemo, uh, I definitely not, did not want to do. So um, I kind of took matters in my own hands and Learned a lot about uh, cannabis and cancer and um, fighting and yeah, okay. and that's me. So I'm I'm a fighter. I'm a I'm a cannabis fighter. Okay. Now I want to dig a little yeah. deeper and really get your story. Um, okay. Let's let's go back a little bit. Tell me about sure. the Sherry Ann before cancer. Who were you? Okay. Um, let's see. Who was I? I was uh, married for eleven years. Mm -hmm. um, just prior to having cancer. I'm um, an office kind of girl. I've done all sorts of, of jobs in my life, but I've always worked in um, an office sort of environment. Um, lived in Toronto half of my life, lived in BC the other half, and, and in Alberta now for the last 10 years. Um, but I've always worked. I have a son. Um, his name's Kiefer. He's he's 30. Raised him as a single mom. Mm -hmm. um, but always, I was always a, a very strong, um, independent girl, on my own since I was 13, so I would have to give that a lot of credit to why I'm so strong and independent. Mm -hmm. um, always been a fighter. Never thought I'd be fighting this, but always been a fighter. So I guess when I found out I had brain cancer, I was kind of up to the challenge. I mean, I wasn't shocked about having cancer. I mean, I never went through um, being angry and all that. I was just um, ready for the fight. How did yeah. you discover that you so, had uh, brain cancer? 
How did I discover it? Yeah. I was at, um, no, well, there was one, there was one, one hour prior (laughs) to my grand mal seizure and it was, I smelled burning tar. It wasn't toast. It was, to me, I was outside and I was going to get something into my, in my car. Yeah. And as I was walking back into the house, I smelled burning tar. And I, and I remember looking up at the roof and looking and thinking, okay, that's kind of strange. It's not that hot out. And I don't know why it would smell like that, but that was the only thing that I could logically think of what my brain was smelling. Okay. So, so what had happened is an hour later, I was at a parade with my friend and right at the very end of the parade, um, I was feeling really out of it. Now, I've always smoked um, cannabis, but mm. this was a different kind of a, a out of it high sort of a feeling. So anyway, we, we were sitting on the on the corner uh, on the sidewalk and we stood up and as I stood up, um, that's when I started to really feel out of it, kind of almost like an out-of-body experience. Mm. And as me and my girlfriend started to walk, I put my foot down on the left side. I had no problem walking, but as soon as I put my right foot down, it was like I was putting my foot into water, like there was no solid ground. So I started to to kind of fall, and my girlfriend kind of grabbed my arm like, oh, are you okay? And and I went, yeah, and I kind of looked down to see why I was falling because clearly there was still ground underneath me, and there wasn't like a sidewalk where I fell off the side of it. So Mm -hmm. anyway, we continued to walk. So once again, I, I, I lifted my left foot and I was able to, to step and then once again I went to go step with my right foot and then again I just it was like I stepped in a pool of water again like so there. right away my girlfriend sorry like yeah nothing. it was like air yeah yeah, it was nothing there. And like I was walking off a building. And uh, so my girlfriend started to get a little nervous because she was a nurse. And she said, you know what, I think we should maybe go back to or go to the hospital. And I said, no, let's just kind of go to your place and, and we'll see how I feel. So it took us about, I guess, five minutes to get to my car. And by the time I got to my car, I was now pretty much paralyzed, except that I could hear and I could speak a little bit. Wow. So when we got to my car, all I could do was stand there. And my girlfriend's like, are you getting in? And at this point in my mind, I realized something was terribly wrong. So I started just, all I could do was stand there and just kind of cry. And I said, Lori, you need to drive my car. I, I can't move. So she had to literally walk over to the driver's side of my car and she had to literally grab me by my shoulders, walk me all the way over to the passenger side. She had to lift my feet because now I'm totally paralyzed. She had to lift my feet, turn my butt into the car, shut the door. And I just remember driving to the hospital. Thank God it was only like four blocks. And she she zoomed into Emerge. She got me into the, got me a wheelchair and sat me in the wheelchair because now I'm completely paralyzed. Except for I knew I could I knew I was where it was going where it was I knew I was at the hospital and then she said the last thing I remember her her saying to me is I'm gonna um, go and move your car because it was an emergency and uh, I'll be right back and that is basically the last thing I remember until I woke up in the hospital I guess seven hours later and oh. uh, she came back and uh, of course she being a nurse she could walk she walked right back into the emergency and she said there was about seven doctors all surrounding me trying to save me and I had a grand mal seizure so um, if you know anything about grand mal seizures if you aren't around anybody um, or you're alone um, your most chances are you're going to die because it's the severest the worst seizure you can have okay so anyway they were able to keep me alive and and get me out of my seizure and um, they had no idea for four days that I was in the hospital what had happened to me Um, they told me that either I had a 
stroke um, a couple of days prior or prior, or maybe even a few years prior, but they really had no idea for the four days I was in BC in the hospital there, um, what was going on with me. So I um, discharged myself. I said, okay, let me go back to Alberta and, you know, figure out what's going on. You know, it's wow. a you know, bigger city and, and, you know, something seriously is wrong here. Yeah. So the hospital system, as you know, is a little slow. Yeah. So that happened to me on June 18th, and I couldn't actually see a neurologist until the first week of August. So oh I walked around God. with a yeah, I walked around with a, a, a golf ball sized tumor in my brain for almost two months um, before a neurologist, and he didn't even see my didn't even I couldn't even get in to do an MRI. That's how like that's how bad the system is here. Mm-hmm. So. As soon as I talked to him, he says, you have a brain tumor. And I go, get the hell out. This and he before goes, no. the scan or anything? Before the scan and anything. He just knew it just by, by me talking to him and by him doing a couple of little tests with my eyes and stuff like that. Whoa. He knew. He knew it. He goes, you have a brain tumor. So he walked away. He goes, let me call the hospital and, and get you in tomorrow for an MRI. So he did that. And it was amazing how quickly he could do that. Right. But I guess I guess he, you know, with the power and, and he knew what was going on. Yeah. Um, he he was able to get me in then the next day and then he said, you know, Friday, I don't work, but I'll be in to um, get your results. I want you to come back in on Friday. So at this point, um, it was kind of odd. I've always had premonitions in my life and I'm a very spiritual but spiritual mm-hmm. person. And um, so I, sometimes I kind of think like this was almost my sign, right? This was my, my um, sign that I had cancer to, that still gave me time to fight it, right? Right. So, so anyway, um, I went in on... Um, get my MRI on that Thursday and and it was funny because I always look at the doctors or the nurses or whoever does the MRIs, the radiologists I guess it is who they are yeah. and I always watch their faces because you can always tell something's going yeah, on with their course, faces of course. yeah so I watched their face and I knew right then and there something wasn't right so I went in to see back on the Friday so within the three days I went back in on the Friday to see um, Dr. Winder, my neurologist mm-hmm. and he confirmed that I had a golf ball sized tumor in my brain yeah so yeah, he right away um, gave me a prescription uh, for Kepra so I wouldn't have another seizure and die and sent me right up oh. to Foothills Hospital um, in Calgary immediately. Wow. Yeah. Is it is it a yeah. matter of the tumor uh, just growing to a certain size and that's when your body starts to react to it? Is that kind yeah. of what it boils down that's to? That's exactly what happened. Yeah. It, it grew uh. so big that it started to push on um, certain um, my site. Mm-hmm. It started to push on my short-term memory. I mean, I can remember everything since I was two, but I still, I get sometimes short-term memory loss. Um, And that's what happened. And now it's funny because I go back and I think on a couple of years prior to having, um, getting diagnosed. And and it's funny because I I remember having almost like tremors in my body, but I would just kind of sometimes relate it to, oh, maybe just aging, right? Because I'm 51, right? So I'm like, okay, maybe just aging. And it's nothing, but I wouldn't, I never put two and two together. Now I've had migraines since I was five years old. Now I've seen every doctor under the sun and they've given me every pill they've given me. I've even had Botox um, down my neck for it and and nobody ever 
thought about doing an MRI. And if they would have done an MRI, I bet you I've had this brain tumor in my head for, I bet you 30, 40 years. Wow. Which gives me hope. Which gives me hope because mm-hmm. they told me when I was diagnosed, they told me I had five to 10 years to live at the most. Okay. They said, and if I didn't do radiation and chemo, that I would probably most likely die in two years. And I've already passed the two years. And I have done no radiation and chemo, oh. only cannabis oil and eating completely clean. Wow. And that's all I do. Yeah, and I'm working out and staying positive. Do you look at your <laughs> life kind of like, I mean, obviously you have you have a child uh, and you've had yeah. other um, major events in your life that are significant and important. Right. Um, but do you kind yeah. of look at yourself like Sherry Ann before cancer and after cancer? Are there, are there two different Sherry Anns? Because obviously your life has changed drastically. Yeah, I, it has changed, but you know what? I'm still very positive. Like people mm-hmm. still, like I'll make jokes and stuff and some people, and I, I don't mean to offend anybody with cancer, mm-hmm. but you know what? We still got to live and we still got to laugh. And, mm-hmm. and this is kind of just, I look at it like this is just um, the, the plate I was handed. I mean, I, I don't, um, like I said, I've never got angry. Like I never went, oh, why me? Or, yeah. or anything like that. It was always, as soon as I discovered that I had the brain cancer, I, I was angry, more like, screw you. Like, you know, I don't mm-hmm. smoke. I've worked out every day for 27 years. Um, I'm not, I don't, the only kind of drugs I do is cannabis. Like, you know, I'm not a hardcore drug user whatsoever. Yeah. My parents were alcoholics. Like, I learned not to do that stuff. And then, holy shit, I'm the only non-smoker in my family and I get cancer, right? So, mm-hmm. so to me, I was more angry, like, you know, pissed off. Um, not angry at the world, not angry at God or anything, but more angry, like, um, no, you're not going to, this isn't going to kill me. Like, God, I've been on my own since 13 years old. I've done really well for myself. And like, how this is going to take me down? Yeah. You know, like, seriously, no. So if anything, um, when I went down and I and I started to um, learn about Rick Simpson oil, Phoenix Tears, um, and it's so confusing because in the States, they call it um, cannabis oil. And we all need to right. get it all one title because people are getting confused for CBD oil. Rick Simpson oil. Um, oil is illegal still in Canada and I'm fighting to get that changed okay mm-hmm. um, because it is just a cannabis oil yes it's not just cannabis oil we had to, we actually add other chemicals to it to make it the medicine but it's curing us okay, okay. and and people know that all over the world I mean I have Mike um, there from the Dr. Phil show who follows me and I know why he follows me because he thinks I'm a positive person who has can- cancer who when other people think oh my god she's not cancer oh my god how can she be so positive well i still i'm still alive i'm still very alive yeah i have a cold and and i, I kind of sound crappy right now but i'm still trust me i was in the gym already this morning at 6 30 yeah. and i can still kick ass in the gym and i can still you know i'm doing my neighbor who's 60 years old renovations and i've done like i think i did 50 hours of renovations for him last week because so he's got energy he's i have a lot of damn energy and i want to help people because he's sick he, you know he's not sick like me but you know he needs help and to me that makes me feel good yeah because i can't tell how many people have reached out to me. Chris Cornell's wife, Vicki Cornell, when I first got sick, I started a GoFundMe page to help me pay for my um, my Rick Simpson oil mm-hmm. because my husband um, can't deal with the, or my ex-husband, I should say, can't deal with the fact that I had um, brain cancer. Mm-hmm. So 
two weeks after um, I had brain surgery, my marriage broke down. So we separated. And so I've had to like, you know, start this GoFundMe page to get my medicine because it's not cheap. It cost me over $500 a month and I live on disability Mm -hmm. and I barely get $500 to live off a month. So, so I have to go and beg for it on Twitter and social media, but you know what? The cannabis community is the best community. I can't tell you how caring how much compassion. Um, a lot of people like um, that are part of the cannabis community have been there, have been where I am or have, yeah. have had family or they know how cannabis can heal and, and, and it kills cancer. And the government knows that. And that's why people go, well, gee, why won't the government um, legalize it? Well, gee, you know what? It's going to put a, put, put almost every doctor out of business. Well, I mean, everybody knows. Anybody with common sense knows why it's not legal. I mean, they're just going to lose so much money. Let me, right? um, let me ask so, you something real quick. And sure. I want to talk a bit more about uh, Rick Simpson oil too, more specifically, sure. um, um, because I want to make sure that um, anyone who's listening doesn't already, they, they may not already know your backstory. So I want to kind of right. walk into how you got there now. And just to clarify, okay. I know you haven't done any radiation or, or traditional uh, cancer no, therapy. I, you, I refuse to do it. You have had, it. you have had surgery though, to remove uh, 97% yeah. of the tumor. I think they estimated. That's correct. Right. Yeah. I'm on October 4th, I did have brain surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it's six and a half hours our um, brain surgery to remove wow. my golf ball size tumor, 22 staples to close it up. And I'm going to say this and I, and I, and I really truly believe this. And I'm, and like I said, I make no money off of this. Um, Rick Simpson has reached out to me, mm-hmm. but I make no money whatsoever. I was out of that hospital in 27 hours after my brain surgery. Yeah, I woke up. I woke. I woke up and I was just like, I took one of my family. I think my mom took a picture and I had a Batman shirt on. I wore it purposely, right? Yeah. Thought it was gonna be a Batwoman. But I woke up and the first thing I saw was Jesus Christ. I'm still alive! Yay! So I threw my arms <laughs> up in the air and it was fun. It was one of the one of the effects I did have though was as soon as my brain surgery was done, um, my my hands were really clenching. It took a while, about six months, because I always wanted to clench my hands and I don't know if it was just a nervous thing or or whatever but as soon as I woke up whatever I put my hands in the air and I'm like yeah I'm still alive and you know I had a headache my head was a little swollen yeah um, and in Alberta and and if you want to have brain surgery get it in Alberta the rest of the country shaves your head half of your head in Alberta they don't Oh, just a nice fine little strip they did along the side of um well, you've my got, head. You've got some photos and the story online, which is how I know about yeah. it. And I think you even posted that uh, you even hit the gym about two weeks after, which is mind blowing. Oh yeah, for sure, I was. I, like people couldn't believe it. Like everybody's like, "You just had brain surgery," so I show them my head, right? Like, yeah, and they're like, "Oh my god!" And I'm like, "Yeah, like even yeah, like it was just amazing." And I really so, do believe it was the cannabis oil. Like it was so much. It was the Rick Simpson oil. So Sure. A couple and of things. Clean. Couple of things. Um, you, they had said that there was a tiny bit left. You continued to use Rick Simpson oil. Um, at, there one, was. at one point in your posts, I saw that you uh, said that you were cancer free. Um, okay. Now yeah. you now you say that you're still terminal. So I just want clarification. Like, how are you doing? Absolutely. Let me clarify that. Okay. okay. So I've never had cancer. Well, I never had terminal cancer before. And and when I was posting um, that stuff shortly after my brain surgery, I yeah, I was just kind of still kind of messed up and I shouldn't have said that I was cancer free. I am tumor free. Okay. Now the cancer I have 
is I can't even pronounce it. Um, o, o, it's O L I G O D E N D R O G L I gloma. It is the cancer where no matter what, I am still going to die from it. Now, what the most important thing about this cancer is is keeping the tumor me tumor free. The longer I can keep the tumor growing back in my brain, yeah. or you know, more tumors growing in my brain, the longer I will live. So that's the most important. So I guess that's what I should have reclarified myself, and I did go back and edit on some of my posts. Yeah, that, but um, I, don't th- I don't think that there um, anyone would ever for a moment say, "Oh, why would you have said this or that?" I think the what oh, you're trust doing me. Is- oh, trust me, oh, I've yeah. been called out on it. You oh, have yes, been. I've had people. I've had people say, "Oh, you're a liar. Um, how can you be cancer free?" Um, oh. You know what I mean? Like, how can you be terminal but be um, have no tumor? And oh, yeah, all sorts well, of questions. So to I me, say, maybe you were right or wrong, but to me, it seemed like you were being strong. And you're being well. Positive. I was just being honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I was just basically telling everybody my story along my journey because I I, I never had brain cancer before. Yeah. So I really didn't know, right? But I I did realize, like I do, I did know at that point that um, I still had I still had cancer. But to me, um, like let's for example, I, I was I broke my toe three months ago and I walked up to the hospital here in Lethbridge, mm-hmm. and the doctor was more interested in my history of doing Rick Simpson all to. to to, to cure my cancer is what he said. Mm. And he actually said, I see you're in remission. And I said, actually, no, I'll never be in remission. As long as I can keep the tumor from growing back in my brain, mm. I will live longer than the diagnosis that they gave me. But I'll never be, I'll never be cancer free. Well, but I could get hit by a car. Yeah. Right? You won't get a hard time okay. from me. That's for sure. Cause I think your story yeah. is super inspiring yeah. nonetheless. And you are, yeah. you are hammering through life and still living Thank life you. to the fullest to the best. Well, I, wanna, I, I got something to prove. Yeah, <laughs> right? Like absolutely. I, I want to prove to other people, like, cause I do, I do have a lot of other friends and stuff on Twitter mm-hmm. who are um, struggling. And now I think like there's all different cancers, right? So, I mean, there's people like with breast cancer, my, my auntie died at 42 with breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so a lot of women who, who struggle with breast cancer, of course, they lose their breast. Um, mm-hmm. And I have some really awesome friends who, one who just uh, ha- had her one breast removed, and she's so proud of it. She she shows it in bathing suits, and, and she, because she's still fighting it, and she's beating it, even though she's lost her breast. Until you've been there, you really don't know, right? Yeah, like, you really don't. Like, as long as we're still alive and we're thriving, we got this. We're yeah. living. We, we're, I have a friend that who she, she embraces her tumor, mm-hmm. and it's her friend. You know what I mean? And when I first found that out, I'm like, that's just weird. But now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I get it. We can't live in fear and we can't sit there and let the cancer win. We got to keep fighting. Mm-hmm. We got to keep being strong. And we got to let people know, even though you have cancer, you can still live a life and mm-hmm. have a happy life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's inspiring to hear that. I mean, truly. Well, yeah. I think too you often know? people who have, uh, you know, a lot of real surface level problems uh, allow mm-hmm. them to dictate their lifestyle and the choices they, they make. They give up. And they don't even understand. They give up. And some of the challenges yeah. other people have, which are way more yeah. significant, way more real. Yeah. Um, and they give up. And, and, and what, one of my biggest thing is do your own research. Mm-hmm. Seriously, do your own research because I can't tell you how many people sit in the um, waiting rooms at the cancer clinics and they listen to their doctors and they believe everything they say. Mm-hmm. Doctors, they have no idea about medical marijuana. They have no idea. They're, I mean, they're learning now, but they really have no history back on it. Like, like as soon as I found out that I had terminal cancer, I went to growers. That's where mm-hmm. I learned everything. And that is seriously, that is where I learned everything. So then I started to do more research and then 
on my doctors would tell me things and I'm like, no, sorry, not doing it, not doing it. And they're looking at me like I'm crazy. But everything I did was for the best of me. And I know how I felt Mm -hmm. and I totally eat clean, no sugars, no carbs, no fats, no flowers, no red meat. So I basically juiced every day, about six juices a day. Mm -hmm. You know, all the good things, beets, blueberries. I take um, CBD oil as well every day. MCT oil, Charlotte's Web every day, wow. and tincture. So my, I, I do a lot of cannabis oils, you know, and I'm healthy as hell. You know what? You know I what? Am, except for my cold. You get you get faced with something uh, like what you have, which is completely life changing. And this is why I asked you the before cancer, after cancer question, because obviously you have a complete one hundred and eighty degree shift in your paradigm and the way you look at the world. Um, Absolutely, I don't sweat the small shit no more. You must wonder sometimes now that you know how precious life is. You really know firsthand. You must wonder why other people don't take life as seriously and and you know what I mean, live it to the fullest yeah. because yeah, you know. So many of us, you know, overconsume bad food. We don't exercise. We do all these yep. things. And you're like, man, mm-hmm. you got one life. And and I think when in your situation, um, you know it. I mean, it's being you've been told you could actually die, and uh, yep. it's a realization that many of us kind of ignore and don't think about, and we don't yep. take care of ourselves the way we should. Totally. Um, yeah. With Rick Simpson oil, right. it's also called Phoenix Tears. Um, and and by yeah. definition, it says fully extracted cannabis oil, and I'm no expert on it, but um, it's an oil, uh, obviously cannabis extract uh, that you can order in from the U.S. I believe, right? Um, I like to. You can get it everywhere. It's all over the world, but it's really hard to get it. Like in the U.K. and that, you don't like. I feel so bad for those people because they go to jail for getting caught with that. Oh, I have man. girlfriends have gone to jail, um, but you can get it online. Yeah, um, I like to stick with um, Canada because mm-hmm. I find it's a bit better and you do want to get Rick Simpson oil with an over 70% uh, THC in it because okay. that's really what's fighting your, your cancer. But yeah, you can you can pretty much find it anywhere in the world. Does it make you high at all when you take it? Oh yeah. It does. So how do you do oh, it? Oh sure then? it does. How do you take it? It's, well, what they advise you to do is to start slow. Okay. So they tell you to take it is in the size of a grain of rice. Okay. And so start slow. So, um, so just put it, you put it under your tongue mm-hmm. and so that you let it kind of, especially for brain cancer, people like me, you put it under your tongue and you just let it kind of dream into your blood system. Okay. And definitely you'll start to get high off it right away. And, and that's a good thing because then you know you got the good stuff and that you got the mm-hmm. real stuff because okay. there's so many scammers out there right now, right? Mm-hmm. So, but that's what you do. And um, I take a gram a day. So it's the syringe full, and it's equal to seven grams of cannabis a day, that one syringe. Now, when I first got the cancer, I was doing two grams a day. So I did, I believe, four ounces in three months because I wanted this out of my brain. I wanted that that 3%. There was still 3% cancer in my brain after my brain surgery. Mm -hmm. And like I said, I refused radiation and chemo because I was so convinced that the Rick Simpson oil was going to work, and it did. Has your your threshold increased? Are you able to uh, consume, uh, implies that you're eating it, I guess, but are you able to take more Rick Simpson oil now and uh, handle it better? Say then when you oh, for sure. started, yeah, you can. Yeah, it's yeah for sure. When I first started taking it, for sure, I knew right away. Wow, like by seven o'clock in the night, I didn't need to smoke a joint because I was, I was like, you know, so high off the THC from the Rick Simpson oil. Mm. But now, um, oh yes, I can 
and smoke, eat, um, do all of it. It's just normal now. It's like, I mean, you got to think of it. It's just like if anybody else, I don't, I mean, I never did the radiation and chemo, so I don't know what those pills and all that are all about, but mm-hmm. I can't help tell you, doing Rick Simpson oil like, it has to be a lot better than doing that crap because I've seen what it's done to my friends. And my friends, like I have one girlfriend that did the radiation chemo and then halfway through said no way and went to the cannabis oil, Rick Simpson oil. She is now um, tumor-free as well. She's healthy. She has her hair back. <laughs> it's just a huge difference. I and, see. Did you not experience any of the regular sort of uh, stereotypical symptoms that a lot of uh, cancer patients have? Are those primarily no, due to none. the chemotherapy and the cancer drugs? Yeah, totally. Totally. I totally, I don't feel sick. If it wasn't for me, um, walking myself into that hospital and having that grand mal seizure, I wouldn't have known I'm sick. Seriously. Wow. Even when I was in the gym, you know, weeks later, people are like, oh my God. Like, you know, I'd still stagger and stumble and I couldn't do as much as I usually could. Mm -hmm. I just slowly go back into it, but I was there. And, you know, people were just like, holy shit, right? And then two months later, excuse me, I was on the top 10 in in the members in the gym. Like that's how much I was kicking butt. Wow. You know? Is there like a Phoenix Tears? Is there like a Phoenix Tears or Rick Simpson oil community online where people plug in and give each other advice and share information? (laughs) Excuse me. There is tons of them. Okay. Okay. Um, And a lot of people inquiring about medical cannabis in general, that sort of thing. Yeah. I get lots of requests. And so what I do is I don't sell it, but I hook people up to people that can hook them up. You refer them. Sorry? You refer them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to help people. I have people help me. People that I don't know, I still do. I get presents in the mail. Um, (laughs) Excuse me. um, All sorts of stuff. Like when I was going back about, I don't know if you've seen about Chris Cornell's wife, Vicky. Yeah. She yeah she donated a thousand dollars to me, um, and then which paid for my all the initial um, the Rick Simpson all that I got right off the bat when I got sick. And she still sends me messages. We still talk. I talk to her mom Tony and and everything. I kind of feel like I'm a little part of their family now. Um, same with the um, uh, Terry Fox family. They consider me a part of their family, and they know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. At first, I was a little nervous because I didn't want to put the cannabis um, beside the Terry Fox name, but they know that I've refused the chemo radiation and everything. And they knew I, they know I do big sense in oil yeah. to keep me alive. I think that so, um, when you're, when you're fighting for your life, quite literally, you're fighting cancer, you, brain cancer, who cares what, what exactly you do, whatever the hell you got to do to live. Right. Do. Yeah. 100%. Right. And that's what people say to me. Like people are like, why are you afraid that the, the police are going to show up at your door and arrest you? And I'm like, well, no. bring it on. No. You know, you're going to arrest the, sick girl who's got terminal brain cancer seriously really like you know it's just silly and i I, you know what i talk to a lot of people Mm -hmm. and there is so many other just everybody does this everybody you know some people are discreet it's coming out more now that cannabis is legal in canada but you wouldn't believe how many policemen i know who take rickson oil lawyers that take rickson oil doctors scientists i have been i have been so many people have reached out to me peter frampton's reached out to me rick simpson oil is uh the product that you take and that you swear by and it's obviously helping you uh, but i think you know as a general conversation uh cannabis as medicine is helping a lot of people for a lot of things um what advice right. would you have for people i, I want to ask you this because you're in a very special place um most of the people in the world go about their lives and they don't they don't think about the fact that one day they will die um, right. What advice do you have for people in general? You know, from your position, when you look upon the world and you see society and people 
people going around and getting upset with each other about uh, little things online and you know stuff that you probably go, oh my god, I can't even believe this. Um, oh, I know. I just yeah. When it comes yeah. to life and death, none of that stuff matters anymore. Maybe I'm answering your no. question, but what advice do you have for people in general from your perspective? People need to slow down. People need to be more compassionate. People need to be more understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and But yeah, and, and not sweat the small stuff. I was one of those people that used to stress over everything. And you know, with brain tumors, they say stress is the worst, right? It killed you. That, oh, yeah. That's the worst thing to ever do when you have brain cancer is stress. And I think maybe that's one of the, the best advice I got right off the bat from my pharmacist was he was right for the cannabis and told me, Cheyenne, just keep doing them Rick Simpson oil. And he goes, whatever you do, don't think about being terminal. You live every day to the fullest and you keep fighting Mm -hmm. and you keep doing what's right and what makes you feel good. And everything that I've done has made me feel good. I mean, like even when I told my doctor I was doing Rick Simpson oil, he said, don't waste your money, don't waste your time. It was almost like he ripped me off already too. And I said, you know what? I ain't asking for your permission. I'm Mm -hmm. just telling you as my doctor what I'm doing. And when I came back in January and he goes, he sat down with a piece of paper and pen. He goes, oh my God, what was it you did again? And I go, well, what was my result? He goes, you're tumor free. And I'm like, I swore at him. And I go, yes, I told you so, right? <laughs> but, and, and that's what it is. Like, I'm just, I, you just, you know, like I've lost three friends since I've been diagnosed with terminal cancer two years ago. Yeah. So yes, live every day to your fullest. Don't always believe everything you hear. Research everything. It's your own life. I mean, people do more research on cars and TVs than they do on their own health. Yeah. You know, and, 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 and believe and believe. That's the biggest thing. Believe and have faith. I'm, like I said, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, I, you do, you go on all these, you're saying, you know, if, if there's other um, um, sites and stuff that you can go on, there's hundreds of sites. Okay. And there's lots of sites that there's scammers too, but there's um, lots of great sites where a whole bunch of us, we all come together and we all share our stories and we all, um, are, we all help each other, but you just got to believe. And that's one of the things that I, you know, I used to think before I got cancer was, oh my God, that's it. You yeah, know, yeah, they're gone. Yeah. And now I don't feel that way at all. No, I feel like I'm going to live another 10, 15 years. That's how I feel. And I'm going to show all my doctors they were wrong. And I really believe that this is the future of cancer. I believe there is a cure and I believe it's cannabis. You are an inspiring person. Well, thank you. You know, I go about my day to day thinking, wow, there are people out there way stronger than I am. And that's that's inspiring. Wow. Um, How do we find out more about you online? Sherry Ann Baker, S H E R I A N N. Baker. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, our RSO Fighter on Facebook. So it's its own group in itself. I mean, I have my own personal page too. I don't care. You can go on either or. or yeah. And I do. I, I help people. Like I said, I, I help people hook up with other people even who, you know, might just need to talk to somebody. Um, I've had other people just reach out to me who, who wanted the confidence to go to their doctor and say, screw you. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I'll just talk to them. Like, and I let them know I'm not God, and I'm not going to say this is 100% that's going to work for you, but it's worked for me. Yeah. So, okay. what, and what do you not, have to lose? Let's not forget, you do have a GoFundMe page still. If anybody uh, I do hears have your my, story and wants to help. Yeah, yeah. So and I do that. have my GoFundMe page. Yeah, just that you just look up Sherry Ann Baker, GoFundMe, and you'd find me there. And same with all my social media pages. I, I'm all there. Yeah, you can't miss me. Are you still there? Hello? 
Sorry, was up, mate? Me. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Okay, well, I'll wrap it up. I'll wrap it up anyway. Okay, yep. I just thank want to say you. thank thank you for doing this. Um, like thank I said, it's inspiring. I can't wait to publish this. I think a lot of people are going to hear this and um, awesome. take something special with them in life. Uh, it's a great story. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Take care. Thanks so much to Sherry Ann for telling us her story. You can find her online, just like she said. Try Googling her, Sherry Ann Baker. That's S-H-E-R-I-A-N-N Baker. And hey, if you have a story that you'd like to tell, reach out to me too. Michael at distinctmedia.ca or on Twitter, CanUpdatePod. That's C-A-N-N Update P-O-D. Thanks again and stay tuned. The next podcast is just around the corner. The media contributors within the Cannabis Media Collective do our very best to remain as accurate as possible, but take no responsibility for any inaccurate details or facts. If a story interests you, we're glad to have brought it to your attention, but please take the time to research the details for yourself. 